I'll say it again. Everything I know about Kentucky, I know from the show Justified. <laughs> I know they've got great bourbon. Yeah, and that, okay. that too. <laughs> and th- we're about like five hours from Harlan County, if that means anyone to anyone. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> Hi, Julia Benzavalli. <laughs> Hi, Patrick Hines. Hey, fam. Before we get to the episode, well, A, welcome to the bonus apps. Welcome. And B, join us on the Patreon. Sure. You get over 400 ad-free full bonus episodes. Yeah. Covering everything episode by episode from, like, the Netflix and the Hulus yeah. and the HBO Maxes. The Discovery Pluses. Yeah. We, the give, Peacocks. Throw something at me. The Fatal Attraction Murder. Yep. The Tetris Murders. Yes. Bad Vegan. The Vow. Heaven's Gate. Tiger King. Lorena. Don't pick up the phone. Don't pick up the phone. Remember, don't pick up the phone. Phone. I that remember one was it. Wild. Pepsi, where's my jet? Yep. All the old stuff like cereal and the staircase and yeah. the jinx, which we just yes. wrapped our live tour doing. Both seasons of Wild Crime. Yeah. So much Crazy. stuff there. There's also after parties where Jillian and I like just hang out and take your questions, yeah. or we just do like a, a little chat catch up session. Yeah. Or we, you know, yeah, all of that stuff. Add free versions of these episodes. Yeah. Sometimes you get fun stuff in the mail, like a fanny pack oh, or something. Oh my gosh! Remember when <laughs> we, we did, did the, the Pride fanny packs? Yes, I do. Walking around with my gay face on your little tummy. On your little on whatever your little you got tummy. going on there. And also join the Facebook group. Over 55,000 of your closest true crime yeah. TCO best friends great. in there. It's such a great community. It's moderated. So like it's a very safe space. Share your dog pics. Share your, your thoughts on the apps. Just yeah. come and join us. Just come hang out. True Crime Obsessed Podcast Discussion Group. Everyone's invited to everything we do all the time. All the time. <laughs> Girl, what are we talking about today? The episode is Evil Was Waiting, Season 6, Episode 56, with our host, Andrea Canning. I love Andrea Canning. I, I love Love me a good Andrea Canning. She's excellent. Yeah, I, I love her. Jesse fell for Vince, a man in uniform, holding the fort during his long deployments. She was a good mom. She loved the kids. Reunited at last, they celebrated. Then, on the drive home... There was a car there, stranded. Vince tells his wife that he's going to go check on him. I heard two, three puppies, He was laying there with what appeared to be several gunshot wounds to the head. Her husband, a father of five, dead. No one could understand it. The type of person that he was, I don't think he ever had an enemy. Or did he? He said, we are now in debt to bad people. We knew that there was another person that needed to be looked at. This sounds like a love triangle. I believe it was. So we are in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. We learn that just to the south in this little area is Fort Campbell. Yeah. Which is home to more than 14,000 Army soldiers and their families. Right. Such as Sergeant Vincent Goslin Jr. Yes. He's 28 years old. He's a father of five. Ooh. I know. I'll give you a woof for that. For 28? It's just a lot. <laughs> for 28 you know, years old. You know, it's just a I lot know. of kids. Yeah. Seven years in the Army. Yes. He works as a quartermaster. I looked it up. I don't really understand what they do. Well, it was a quartermaster and mechanic. Yes. And so, as per the internet. It says <laughs> quartermasters are, like, responsible for quarters. For, like, your like your living quarters. <laughs> I got the wordy answer. Okay, what is it? They were they are generally a relatively senior soldier who supervises stores and barracks and distributes supplies and provisions. Okay. Which I guess is kind of quarters, but not really. Right, totally. Quarters are where you sleep, and he makes sure he makes sure that you have everything. I, I love that. Good friend. I love this guy. Yeah. His name is Vince. He's handsome. He's cool. He was like the artsy weird kid. I yeah. love it. So his best friend and cousin is Tim Hamilton. Yes. They were cousins, but more like brothers. They had a very, very, very strong bond. They grew up like playing in the ponds at the cricks. Yeah. And the they cricks. would like make rafts out of barrels that didn't float. Right. <laughs> 
So Vince's childhood. Vince's mom left at eight months old. So he was raised with his dad. I think his dad was married six times. And so that was a little tough on him. Janet Madison considered herself Vince's surrogate mom. She says growing up, he spent a lot of time at her house. Her son was Vince's best friend. The dad was married six fucking times. Yeah. Holy shit. I mean, no judgment, but that kind of says a lot, no? Well, it just, no? what it really means is like a lot of instability for his son. Right. You yeah. know? Like, yeah. I mean, oh my God. So we meet Janet. Yeah. Who I love. Janet, she's the cool mom. She's not a regular mom. She's a cool mom. Because like Vince was always at her house growing up. And yeah. she, Janet is the mother of Vince's best friend. Yeah. And she said like, we got along because I never judged him. He was the kid with the piercings and the tattoos and the spiky hair. He was the one that like probably like hung out in the art wing and like wrote poetry. He was always like drawing in his notebook. Yeah. But if you want to see his band later, then maybe Ugh. we could like, I once knew someone who had like a punk band and sometimes they did Ani DeFranco covers. Like, can you stand Stop it? it. Oh can my you God. stand it? I mean, I went to high school in the 90s and we used to go, like we had friends who had like grunge bands. Oh God, I would have loved he that. He had a grunge band and uh, we would go like watch, they would do shows in one of their parents' basements. They would yes, charge five bucks and we would all shows. go. Yeah. Isn't that wild? I had a lot of friends in a lot of like punk rock and punk pop bands and I got to tell you, God, that is so much fun. I know. Even I had a good time. It is so much fun. I know. So by the time Vince was 18, he had two kids from two different relationships. Well, you know what? Janet, like the bonus mom, yeah. it's just like he loved it. He never saw it as anything other than a blessing. He was awesome. He changed that diaper. He'd clean up that puke. You know, he <laughs> he didn't care. His kids were his world. Like, he was there. I get so annoyed, though, when people talk about, like, dads doing that. I was like, I know, aren't they not, great? No, they're not babysitters. Oh they're my just parents. God, they're like, so, he was so, he actually didn't mind changing the, it's yeah. your fucking kid. The dad medal. I, the dad medal. Like, give me a break. For changing the diaper. Yes. I think her point is that he's 18 years old. Yes. And so... Two kids is a lot for anybody, totally. let alone an 18-year-old who well, had this unstable home life. And like from, like, two different mothers, so, like, he's got to coordinate those schedules. Like, holy shit. It's a lot. And I yeah. think what she was trying to say is, and she does, and I quote, his kids were his world. He just loved it. He took it all seriously. And I think to be an 18-year-old boy, it's like, you're not going to find a lot of 18-year-old, like, quirky, yeah. artsy boys yes. who are going to love the vomit and the poop. Oh, my God. He's you know? so cute. He's cute. Then he meets Jesse Hull. Yeah. And Vince was super happy. He loved her so much. We hate Jesse. So, here at TCO. are you ready for this note that I made? <laughs> what? Janet, the bonus mom, I said she's chuckling good naturedly because, like, she just liked Jesse so much. And I said, oh, thank God, Jesse's not the reason we're all here. Oh, uh, well, I, do I have some bad news, girl? <laughs> Jesse's a fucking idiot and a yeah. monster. And, like, he loved her unconditionally. And Janet says he started to settle down moved in with Jesse's family and quickly bonded with her dad, a Vietnam vet. He was the one who suggested the military might be a good way for Vince to get on the straight and narrow. So Vince joined the army in 2005. He was 21 years old. He's the one who, like, suggests the army to Vince as a way to, like, get on the straight and narrow. And I was like, what was so wrong with, like, the... what was Curvy it? and wide the, way. I literally have curvy <laughs> and wide. I I didn't. I literally just... What if the name of my next book is Curvy and Wide? You just put the name of your... I every know. episode, I we know. have a name of your next book. I mean, look, they're all good. Curvy and Wide, the Patrick Hines story. But are you going to do, like, a highway theme? Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, no, don't do that. Don't have it on, like, the yield sign. No. Don't do that. <laughs> It's Chizo. <laughs> Whatever. I love, you. <laughs> I love you. Anyway. After the wedding, kids soon followed for the happy couple. Two girls and a boy. As a sergeant in the Army, Vince spent a lot of time overseas, so it was up to Jessie to handle the home front and take care of the kids on her own. 
It's not easy having a husband who's away. Tim says somehow Jesse and Vince made it work. He's like spending a lot of time overseas, right? So yeah. it's also up to Jesse to take care of the kids and the house, but they make it work. And it just made me think of my sister. Like my sister was in the military for 17 years or something. It really fucks people up. She's fine. Sure. She's great. She's thriving. She's but like it's been a, a long road back. And it just, you know, I was I was sad. I was afraid that like we were gonna end up with some kind of PTSD situation with this. That's not what happens. I know. But we need to take better care of our vets. If just, you're listening to this and you're a vet, oh my god, thank you, you for your service. Um but also on the other side of that, there's the people who are at home yeah. when the people in the service are overseas, yes, right? So of like, course. like oh my God. if you're a military spouse listening <sighs> to this too, God damn it, we like, love you. Jesse is now, we hate Jesse, but just that the facts here are, she's yes. a young single mother. She has three little kids. Her husband's far away, possibly in danger 24 hours a day. Like it's not easy mentally or in any way, like yes. actually, like actually physically being a young kid with three kids of your own. Totally. It's tough. And like shortly after Vince gets back from his second tour in Afghanistan, he calls his cousin slash best friend Tim. Tim got an unsettling call from him. The sound of his voice, it was, if something happens, I wanted you to know what's going on. But he wouldn't tell me anything. But then doesn't tell him anything. Doesn't tell him anything. Yeah. So Tim's like, okay, a little more. What is like, going, what's on? going on? Yeah, yeah. So it's 2012, and they've been married for six years at this point. Right. February 3rd, 2012, he comes home, right? And Vince and Jesse go to dinner to celebrate that he's His returned return. safely. Yeah. They go to O'Charlie's, which looks very fun. It looks amazing. It looks like they have one hell of an app sampler. <laughs> totally. Give oh, me God. like a corporate uh-huh. Applebee's yes. with a big booth that when you sit in, yep. it bounces. Oh, you know you're getting boneless shit with like, ranch whatever. dressing. Come on. And just like the Coke, the found yep. Coke, yep. which is so much yep. better. But in those enormous glasses that have those, that kind of like that red yep. glass looking. Totally. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, totally. Give me a big booth and a corporate with a big table. I know. We've taken a weird left turn I here. Know. I haven't been to like a suburban corporate, <laughs> like, a, like a Chili's chain restaurant yeah, I know. in like, like forever. A like, are Bennigan's still a thing? I don't know. God damn it! I know. I want to go to an O'Charlie's. Can we find an O'Charlie's? Oh, yes. But we hear like this is the night that Vince gets killed. Yeah. And we hear the nine one one call, and Jesse is absolutely hysterical. Listen to me. Listen. 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 I can't understand a word you're saying. You're gonna have to calm down and talk to me. The dispatcher is kind of yelling at her to calm down. Yeah, yikes. Well, she's just kind of like, you have to take a deep breath because I can't help I you can't help if you. I can't understand And you. if I don't know where you are and yeah. I don't know what's going on. So Jesse, like, she's basically saying that Vince had been shot, but then also he was trying to get back in their car, but some guy was pulling him out of the car. And they had turned off this dark, in, onto this dark road. We'll get the breakdown of what happened yeah. in a minute. But like, that yeah. that's like Jesse's 911 call, right? Yes. But minutes later, there's another 911 call. This poor son of a bitch. From our best friend, Walter Ferguson. <laughs> because he is calling, he's like, look, someone has been shot and killed down the road from my house. Yeah. I heard the gunshots, which he says is not uncommon around these parts. But somehow he did, like, the, just woof again. Yeah. And, but then he still decided to get in his car and go check it out. Because he's trusting his gut, that Walter. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I, but he goes to get in his car to visit his cousin. He's yeah. like, oh, there's, there are those gunshots again. Yeah. Anyway, I'm late to Must my cousin. Must be time to go visit my cousin. Or whatever. Yeah. So he goes to get in his car to see his cousin and as he, he sees a truck and the truck like bolts off so he's yes. like wait and he turns around and the high beams are on or something yeah. like the truck that bolted like Walter's like this is fucking weird I just heard gunshots this truck is acting strange like what is going on yeah and like so he like turns and like shines his light on where the truck had just come from and there's a dead person lying on the side of the road right and Walter like tries to talk to him and he yeah. doesn't have his phone on him so he had to quote zoom back to his house <laughs> 
And thank goodness he did. Like, Walter is such a hero here because he For gives sure. us so much information and he remembers everything. Everything. And we'll see Walter again. We will. So, Ed Stokes is the detective on the scene. Sergeant Goslin's body laying here in the gravel uh, with a large amount of blood around the body. We found what appeared to be gunshot wounds to the head. You say he was shot in the head Correct. and the face? Correct. This poor guy was shot nine fucking times, including having been shot in the face. Like, that's personal, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't mean to... The cop says, like, the person who did this definitely wanted him to be dead. So the deputies talk to Jesse, the wife, like a quarter mile down the road. She is yeah. inconsolable. She's collapsed on the side of the road, screaming, crying, throwing up, the whole thing. We see, like, they take her downtown and we see the interrogation video. And she throws up. Yes. And so, which is like... Of course. If that were, if she wasn't Jesse, I don't understand. I mean, imagine, like, she's like a young mother of three kids. Now her husband is dead. And he had just come home. I so, mean, like, just also that, that roller coaster of emotions of, like, missing him and being stressed out and hoping he comes home and then he comes home and then this horrible thing happens after you have yeah. a fucking salad bar. I know. And an app sampler? I know. And a fountain coke? The I know. dreams are made of. But what's crazy is that, like, they, they keep asking her to describe the guy, that like, the killer, because she saw the guy. Uh-huh. And she's being super vague. All she can say is that it was a black man. Now, this is uh, so problematic. Yeah. And so, like, and, like, and, and, like, it doesn't seem strange to anybody that, like, she just watched her husband get fucking murdered and she can't describe the person who did it in any detail. But she does know that the car was, like, red-brown. Yeah. But, like, a big, scary black guy came and killed an American soldier in right. Kentucky. And, like, that's... Uh, and she knows exactly what she's doing by saying this. Yeah. But, like, we learned that Walter Ferguson, the witness, because she saw, like, a reddish-brown car. Yes. And super weird, because Walter says, otherwise. Walter saw an enormous white pickup truck speeding past him at 100 miles an hour. And Walter's like, yeah, and then I turned around and, like, flashed my brights and got to see, like, Walter's on the case. So it's very weird that there's a discrepancy in the stories. Right. Here. But the only thing these cops are hearing is that a black guy killed an American soldier because every detective is on the case. Yeah. Right? So, like, please. So, and Jesse knew that was going to happen. Right. She knew she's pointing them in the direction of this nameless, faceless black guy, which by the way, does not exist. No. And we're back at the, I'm still in my journey of watching this. I like don't know what's going on. Sure. And I don't know who the bad person is here. And we're back with Jesse at the sheriff's department and she's still a wreck. I mean, like she's very believably a wreck. And like, when this happens, I'm always like, but of course, like you should be a wreck. Like you still witnessed a murder. Right. You know what I mean? Like you're still. And and she's saying like, no one has told told her yet if her husband is dead or alive. Yeah. And we see the cop tell her mm-hmm. that Vince has not survived. Right. And she, I mean, she is not faking the crying. She is an inconsolable wreck. Yeah. And so Janet is in disbelief. Everyone's devastated. The Tim, news like spread so quickly. Like somehow, like, you know, they live in a soldier community. Like they live on base essentially. Yeah. And like suddenly everybody knows Janet is sobbing. Yeah. I was devastated. I was like, what? What? What do you mean he's been shot? Vince's cousin Tim immediately left his home in Virginia and traveled to Kentucky, still in disbelief. How can he survive two times in Afghanistan and come home to be shot? He survived two tours in Afghanistan to come home and get shot to death on the side of the road. Right, but like... This black guy narrative that Jesse is putting out there is very important because it's affecting how people are reacting to this. Of course. You know what I mean? There's two sets of cops involved here. There's the military police and the civilian police. Yeah. Which gets a little confusing, but all you need to know is that, like, the investigators are doing their investigating. So now we meet Kay and William Ray, which makes Kay's name Kay Ray. (laughs) (laughs) They're... 
They are the neighbors. They live next door to well, Vince and Jesse. They're like the nosy next door neighbors. Yes, I are, love them. I love them too. They're also awesome. Like they are they are great nosy neighbors. Right. But they have some like compelling information. Yeah, that like Jesse conveniently left out of her narrative to the cops. Right. Because they're the next door neighbors and they know Jesse and Vince, they're being questioned and they say, like, okay, here's what Jesse told us. Somehow another got involved with a drug dealer. At least twenty thousand dollars of meth and got jumped and stole it away from him. Well, being that happened, these guys were supposedly after him for the money. Vince had gotten involved with drug dealers and had bought a whole bunch of crystal meth and had $20,000 of meth stolen from them. And now the drug dealers are after them for the money. And Jesse told them about this weeks ago and she's been so nervous. And I'm like, didn't he just get home from Afghanistan an hour ago? Right. And it's like... Now he has a $20,000 meth debt? And if this were a true story, it would have been the first thing Jesse would have told the cops. Right. You know what I mean? But she like... she. The point is she's been planting that seed. Yes. For weeks. Yes. She was planting... Planting this like big, scary, fake black drug dealer story yep. to her neighbors for a long time. So that when they get questioned, it would be the story that she right. would then be able to corroborate. She's still an idiot for not saying it first. Yes. Because, like, that could have been, like, Jesse, you dummy, not to give you advice or anything, because I hate you. (laughs) But, like, you know that you were going to get picked up by the cops and not speak to anybody until you speak to them. So if you tell them the shady, stupid, racist meth story, and then the the neighbors come in, unbeknownst, and they corroborate that, like, that would look good for you. Right. But you're a fucking idiot, and you didn't do that, and I'm glad you didn't. And honestly, you've been laying the groundwork for this exact thing to happen for weeks. Why did you drop that part of the story? We never really figured that out. But so, like... After the neighbors are interviewed by the by the local cops, Jesse then goes with neighbor Kay Ray yeah. to the military cops to sort of like tell them the story of what happened the night that Vince died. And this is where we get Jesse's story. Yeah. She was driving home from dinner. She said as they were driving home, she was at the wheel and she started to feel sick. Vince suggested they pull over. And he said, there's a road, turn down. I turned on the road. He told me to drive until there was a spot we could pull off. She said that's when they saw the vehicle with the hood up and Vince got out to help. Not long after, she heard gunshots. Again, according to Jesse, Vince is like, oh no, why don't you pull over? Yeah. Go down, like turn down this very, very dark road. With no lights. There's no street lights or like, anything. Like for what? To like throw up or like take a shit in the field? <laughs> <laughs> like, just go home. To really just, wow, let's visualize like, it. Like, I'm sorry. Like, Jesse, this is not what happened, right? Right. So yeah. then, like, so they turn off this dark road at Vince's suggestion. Yes. And that's when they see the, this car with a hood up. And so Vince like, goes a out. Vehicle on, like, a vehicle broken down that's also turned down this dark, windy road. With no lights. And somebody's like working on the car. And so Vince, like the good guy that he is, yeah. gets out to help, which I'm sure he would have done, honestly. Sure. Gets out to help and she's still in the car like, oh no, my stomach. <laughs> and that's when she heard the gunshots and she's like, I don't know, like popping sounds or something. And then and then she says that Vince is trying to get back into the car, but the guy is pulling him out. Vince is screaming at her to, like, like drive, 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 yourself. drive. Yeah. And, and I, I hope like, your stomach feels better. I, I just don't understand because, like you said, she's been laying the groundwork for this drug dealing story for weeks to the neighbors right. so they could corroborate it to the cops. Why is she making up a different story she's now? She's choking. Like, yeah. I think under now that she's here, yep. I don't think anyone who does this actually plans for this moment in a way that they can actually comprehend. 
end. Totally. Because it's unbelievable. Totally. So I think she is, like, to be there under the lights, being in terror, like, oh my God, he's dead. Oh my God, I did this thing. And I think she's just, she's, like, losing it. Because what happens next are, like, the cops are like, okay, great story, but we know about the story that you told your neighbors about the involvement with the drug dealers. Right. So tell us about that. Like, was this a random murder? Right. Is this connected to the drug dealers? Like, what's your take on this? Because once again, she hasn't mentioned now to the military police about the drug dealers. So this is where Jess is like, oh, um, uh, now that you mention it, right. uh, actually, yes, there is a connection to the drug dealers. Once again, Vince told me that he bought a large quantity of methamphetamine and he said that then now we're in debt to very bad people for $20,000. But then, and remember, this is the military police. Yeah. Now she says something else and it's something new. And she says, oh, and also, by the way, she said on the night of the murder, one of those drug dealers contacted her. Did you have to talk to the drug dealers directly? She was getting text messages from this man. That's what she indicated, yes. And that he would do harm or kill her and her family, her children, if she didn't comply with what he was telling her to do. Now she's like, oh, no, no, no. I didn't turn down the road because my husband told me to because I was sick from the potato skins. Right. Not looking for a place to poop. Right. <laughs> or shit in the <laughs> But she was Jesse, what are you doing over there? Nothing. Don't worry about it. Do you have like a woman's day? What's a magazine she can read? I can Cosmo? see you scrolling TikTok. <laughs> yeah. But no, she went down that road because the fake scary black man texted her to and told her to do that. And said, if you don't drive down the scary dirt road where I'm going to kill your turn, husband, yeah, turn after, I'm going to kill you and your kids. Right. Turn after the stoplight or everyone's Or dead. everyone dies. And she said she had no choice. And that's when Walter's like, um, well, actually, I, Walter's the only person allowed to say, well, actually. Because Walter Ferguson is now called down to the station for his own personal interrogation. And he <laughs> is as cool as a cucumber. They're like, so it was a red truck. And he was like, hell no, it was white. Yes. He was like, he tells them all, he's like, you want to know the headline? He remembered, he has like a photographic memory of this guy. He remembered all about the headlights, the detail, the height. Again, she's saying it was like a little red car. He's like, no, it was a white truck that was like, I don't know how cars work or whatever. Yeah. But it was like raised somehow. The lights, we had like a lot of headlights. The lights were, if you could see me trying to explain a car with the headlights. Well, I think like a car, the headlights are down. But if you have like an SUV or a big truck. The the little kid truck toys were like, if it crashes into another one, it pops up a little bit. It was like that kind of truck. Oh, you, I was so with you. You lost me. <laughs> I did have Hot Wheels, though. The point kid. is, you are a Hot Wheel. The point is, <laughs> the truck is raised. It's like a, the point is, it's a big white truck, not a little red car. Right. And so it was also very loud. Yes. Like, Walter has all of the details. So they're like, all right, Walter, thank you so much Thanks, for your time. Walter. <laughs> I think this is a series wrap on Walter. I, I don't think, think we'll it see is. Oh, yet. bye, Walter. Thank you, Walter. We'll but really, like, two. thank you. Yeah. So yeah. the cops are asking around the neighborhood and they track down the truck. Detectives quickly found neighbors who told them they'd seen a truck just like that many times in the neighborhood. They searched DMV records and found the truck. It was registered to a former soldier who had lived on base at Fort Campbell, 24-year-old Jared Long. Walter describes right. it perfectly. They're like, oh, that's it. There's not a I doubt mean, in their mind. It may as well have been like a big pink clown car. There's only one truck in the neighborhood that looks like and we know who owns it. And it was that distinctive because yeah. Walter gave so many details. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it's registered to idiot number fucking two, Jared Long. Tweedledee and Tweedledum over here. Tweedledee and Tweedle idiot. These dingbats. I- God damn it. <laughs> 
What? I know. Dummies. I know. I but know. But you know what? Good. So Jared is a former soldier, and he also lived on Fort Campbell. To He's which I was 24. like, oh, really? Yeah. He lives on the same base yeah. as our victim and his idiot Not wife. Un- I mean, you know, 14,000 other soldiers live there, whatever. But, like, instantly, Jared becomes the main person of interest, and nobody knows where the fuck he is. So everyone's searching for him. <laughs> I know. They find him in Colorado. Colorado. <laughs> How do you say I that? I was told it was Colorado. <laughs> I was told you knew was, I was going to ask you. I know because oh it my sounds God. weird. It doesn't feel right. Say it again. I always said Colorado forever, uh-huh. but I was told that it's like Nevada, that it's Colorado. I don't know about and this. I don't know about you it. You know, either. I would follow you anywhere, but I don't think I can go with Colorado. I, that's what I was told. Like Nevada. I don't Nevada. I can do. I'm going back to Colorado okay. <laughs> because it feels, I don't like it. I don't like how it yeah, sounds yeah, yeah, yeah. and how it Let's feels. Let's be right back in Colorado. I think that's the right I'm thing. I'm going to go to Colorado. Okay, great. Until we are educated otherwise. I mean, Bring which, us into the knowledge. Which, but it might be one of those things where like the langu- languages and humans are weird. Like it yeah. could be something somewhere else. Even like, in your fancy boarding school, they called it Colorado. Um, <laughs> I grew up calling it Colorado. Just like Florida. I just like to give you shit for going to private school. I know. It was only for like a couple of years. Okay. <laughs> um, and it didn't do much. I remember nothing. <laughs> um, but I'm here now. And you're doing great. So Thriving in your bisexuality. That's, that's it. You're just sitting right there thriving in your bisexuality. Being fucking curvy and wide. <laughs> um, and proud of it. Guess who else is in Colorado? This Jared idiot. Right. He stopped in Colorado because, of course, they're like, I would follow that truck anywhere. It's exactly like Walter said it was. And even Andrea Canning is like, this was like a day after the murder. Like, he must have fucking hightailed right. it out of there to get to Colorado from Kentucky. Andrea? That could be a 10,000 miles or 200. I have or no idea. Four, four minutes. I have, I have no, no idea. idea. I have no idea. When I did a show in Minneapolis, I thought I was near Texas. Oh, boy. Even I thought I, I know was that in that's the not. South. I was like, well, it should be warmer down here. We're in the South. No, and they it's were like, like chilly up there. Why? No. no. Like, you can see Canada from here. From my house. <laughs> from my house. Um, Andrea Canning is not in this enough. And she's, say, she's not trying to like be uh-huh. fancy with the copy. She's just no. here to do a job. What did that guy say last week? Shamana, Shamana. Boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. Don't make me say it again. <laughs> but Andrea Canning, we love you and we miss you when you're not around. Mm-hmm. I just want to put that on the record. I love her, yeah. But she makes herself kind of scarce here. I think she, she lets the story tell itself. Because you know? we get a bombshell, like this guy... Jared is driving the truck that our friend described. It was a light gray truck that was lifted with large tires and a loud exhaust. But exactly like the description, what's his name gave? Right, Walter. But the thing is, neighbors said they'd seen Jared's truck, not just in the area, but parked in Jesse's driveway. K Ray lived next door. I would see him driving the truck with her and the three kids. I would see her driving the truck with the three kids. That car that's always parked in Jesse and Vince's driveway? Right. (gasps) What? (laughs) Boom shakalaka. (laughs) So Jesse's driveway is Vince's driveway. This Jared guy, his truck is in the driveway. They knew this guy. The thing that you have to remember, dear listener, is that Vince, the husband, has been away. He's been overseas for months and months and months. And what we're learning is the entire time he's been gone, Jared's been coming over to the house. Like shacking up because Kay Ray, the nosy neighbor, is like, no, Jared was driving this truck. Jesse was driving the truck. Jesse would be driving around town with her kids in the truck. Like they were together. And, and, and. (laughs) 
Jared was living there. Yeah. And he would only leave when Vince would go to, like, fight for the fucking country. So, to be clear, like, Jared didn't have another residence. He was living at this house. And when Vince would come home, like, Jared would, like, take his stuff and go, like, stay at a friend's house. Or, like, stay in his enormous truck. Yeah. But, like, Jesse wasn't a loving wife. She was a two-timing murderer. Yeah. Like, like, what the fuck? I mean, this is when it's all coming out. And how did they think they were going to get away with this? At this point, there's no story that's going to work. Right, like, and I don't know why Kay Ray and her husband, whose name escapes me at the yeah. moment, because Kay Ray is a much more fun name to say. I'm sorry, husband. Um, but why the, she, they... And maybe they did. Maybe this is like the editing of Dateline. Yeah. But why Kay wasn't like, um, and also that Jared guy is like only there when the husband's not around. And also, if Walter hadn't witnessed this all go down, do you think we wouldn't be here? Do you think they'd be out there looking for like a little brownish reddish car? No, I think some like innocent black guy would be in prison in Kentucky. Oh my God. That's what I think. Oh my God. Like another one. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there's evidence to prove that Jesse and Jared were a couple. To the detective evidence that Jared and Jesse were a couple was piling up. Like when police ran the plates of the car Jesse was driving the night of the murder. They came back to Jesse Goslin and Jared Long. They owned a car together. That probably heinous-looking, enormous car was owned by the two of them. Yeah. And I'm like, you can own a car with a person? I mean, you can just, like, buy a car with it. Like, she is, she has a husband, and she co-owns a car with her boyfriend. Like, what, like, where does this story end for you, Jesse? I know. Like, I know you think that murdering is the answer, but, like, yeah. just leave him. Just get a divorce. And Janet, the, the bonus mom, says that later. Like, I never could have imagined she ever could have done this because a, a divorce is the real thing. Like, no, like nobody thinks ahead. And we'll learn, I guess, in a minute that, like, Jesse stood to get 450 grand if Vince died or whatever. So, like, I don't know. But the cops confront her with the information. They, they got her. And they're like, Jesse, we know it wasn't a black guy. We yeah. know it was Jared. And we know all about the truck. And Jesse just keeps saying the word no. No, 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 no. no, no, no. And no, she's no. lying. She's saying, no, 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 no. Jared and I are just friends. He does stay over, but he'll stay on the couch. And that's it. And so she also tries to say that Vince knew about this, that Jared was there. To which oh, I say, my fucking, God. Yeah, like, right. He knew and he was fine with it because we weren't having sex. But then three hours later, she cracks and she's like, OK, fine. Yes, we got drunk and had sex. Like, oh, like what all of the it? time. And she's like, but Jared loved me. He loved my kids. He loved whatever. And and I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, and, like, this is all the DA needs to, like, really start building a case. Because she's like, it's obvious they were building a life together. They were building a life together. And then this is where we learn yes. the, the life insurance policy as a military wife, she get 450 grand. Like, it's just not worth it. And then Jesse, like, just keep talking, sweetheart. I you know. fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> this know. is great. Because <laughs> she admits that she saw Jared the day of the murder. He wanted to meet me at the motel while he was in town. I said, fine. We had lunch and we talked and we needed to have sex. <laughs> but it wasn't the sex investigators were interested in. Jesse had one more story to tell. Her husband is coming home from Afghanistan. That day. They have a date night at O'Charlie's. <laughs> Right. <laughs> the app sampler is sizzling. Like, let's go. And she's sleeping with this guy. The after, like, oh my God. And now, not only has she just had her husband murdered, now she's throwing the boyfriend under the bus with a made up fucking story. That he knows the black drug dealers. And that, like, the deal was all right, look, Vince is in 20 grand in debt to all these drug dealers. Right. We're, we're in big fucking trouble. But Jared, my boyfriend, has agreed to beat up my 
my husband uh-huh. and somehow that's going to appease the drug dealers. And that this beating up somehow turned into Jared shooting and killing him and I never intended for that to happen. Now my question is, show me those texts. Right. If everyone was texting everybody, uh-huh. the drug dealers were texting Jesse and all this stuff, like show me the phone. Right. Show me those texts to prove that so we can trace that number and try to find these guys. It just but... sounds like such an, un- it's like no one believes the story anyway. It's right. a- but like what she's saying is that like we, me and my boyfriend Jared pre-planned it where I was going to pull off the road feeling sick and he was going to beat the shit out of my husband to appease the drug dealers. Right. So first it was her husband who said, go to this dirt road because you don't feel well. Yeah. Then it was the scary black guy who doesn't exist who said, you better turn over and fake sick or else. Exactly. Now it's the boyfriend, this fucking idiot, who <laughs> is falling, who's go, Jared, go, like, you, like why he's putting up with this also? Like, why he's just like, yeah, I want to do yeah. this. I want to kill, like, yeah. what is going on here? And the DA is saying to us, her story is bullshit, but now we've got all we need. Why is there now enough to arrest her? Because she's admitted her part in getting Vincent to the location where he was ultimately killed. In Kentucky, being an accomplice to murder is the same as actually committing the murder. She is has admitted to being the person who drove him to right. the place where the murder was carried out. It doesn't matter that his story that her story doesn't make sense. She already admitted that she was part of it. it and doesn't matter. Exactly. And, and the DA says to us, like, in Kentucky, if you're an accomplice to a murder, you, it's as good as being the murderer. So even though she didn't pull the trigger nine times, by the way, which I feel like no one is talking about enough. at least once in the face. Like, she was part of it, so that's the same thing as far as Kentucky is concerned. Yeah. So the cops arrest Jared Long. They find him down in Colorado. I'm saying it. (laughs) We see the dash cam video of him being arrested. And we see the truck, finally. huge. The truck is so big. And it's almost like, I love Walter. I'll give him all the credit. But it's like, how can you miss this thing? You (laughs) know what I mean? So they find this stupid truck and the stupid person is in it and they search it and they find a shell casing that matched ones at the scene. Yes. Like clean your fucking car or stay stupid. stupid. I prefer you to stay stupid. They find Jared's blood on a backpack in the truck. And gunshot residue all over the car. Because remember, like just to bring everybody up to speed here, Jared still thinks they're going with the black guy did it. He doesn't know that he's been thrown under the bus by his girlfriend. So So, like (laughs) the girlfriend placing him at the scene, the fact that the shell casing is in his truck and the blood is in the truck proves that he was at the scene. So the cops question Jared, <laughs> who's Who very open about this. Very open and has no idea. He thinks he's riding off into the sunset He thinks he's Jesse. doing great. Yeah, he totally. thinks he's sticking to the script. Every, and he's like, I knew she was married. I knew it was terrible, but yeah. whatever. He also admits to being in Kentucky the night of the murder, but he left before dark. So he, at 5.30. Like, he gives himself, yeah, they like the app sampler was just arriving to the table. <laughs> they say to him, they're like, Jared, Jesse already confessed. And Jared, I'm not kidding, the goes, look on his face. She has spoken with the detectives and she has told them about the plan that you guys had. Excuse me? Excuse me? Yeah. Like, yeah. like <laughs> interrogation, Jared, like that mask he was yes. wearing where he's like sticking to the script. He, he just goes... Excuse me? Right. Because he doesn't know that Jesse has put him at the scene of the crime and made him murder her. And the cops go, oh, girl, she put you at the scene. And he goes, I need a lawyer. This is, uh," he immediately says lawyer. He goes, this has gone well beyond what I'm capable of. And I said, sweetheart, that train left the station about 10 moves ago. Are you out of your mind? It's just like, there's a dead man here. Like a dead dad of five kids. Yes. For these, because of these 
idiots. And beca- and Jesse's whole plan was to just like be a fucking racist. God. And it was working. Like there was, I, know. I mean, it was working for a minute, but like they had nothing else to go on. They had no other witnesses. Like I, I hope they would have gotten her eventually because she is an idiot. But like you're, you're right. What if Walter wasn't here? I mean, the thing that we really need to say out loud is that like there is absolutely no evidence that Vince had anything to do with drugs. He never no. bought the no, meth no, no, at 20. No, no. Th- all of that's a lie. He was also away for years in Afghanistan. Right. Like yeah. there's no way he gets home and in five. Like I, if I were Kay, the neighbor, and Kay, I'm sure you're like a hoot and a half at a cocktail party. What's your name, Kay Ray? Kay Ray. Love her. But I'd be like, how was he doing that? I like how was he doing I that know. from Afghanistan? Like, I know. So like that's all a lie. But the thing that like, and there's more to tell of the story. But like these people who kill their spouses, who are the parents of their children, how do you not understand in that moment you're taking both of the parents away from your kids? Money. All they think about is money. It makes me crazy. It's, it's incredibly selfish. But all that all they're thinking about is the payday. God. And like the sympathy and the attention. And it's like, you really think, like, I don't know, whatever. And this is where Janet, the surrogate mom, is like, just divorce the just guy. Divorce you want to be with Jared? Just get a fucking divorce. Yeah, but that's expensive and annoying. Exactly. For some reason, it's less of a hassle to come up with a murder plan that is going to be. Like, what are you, like, how oh, what is this, are you thinking? how is then this you the, the money. easy way out? I know, exactly. It's, the money. it's, it's the, the money. Here's the evidence against Jared. Yeah. Witness description. Yes. Apparently. The truck. I yeah. mean, my God. Jesse's confession. Yes. Which, like, can we trust the word she says no, but the shell casings are there. The right. gun residue's there. And Vince's blood is, is on this guy's backpack. Car. So, like, yeah. give me a break. It's a great case against Jared. The right? prosecutor says this is more evidence than I've had in most of the cases I've tried. So, Jared, they got Jared. Yeah. Jesse's case is more circumstantial. And Jared won't help them implicate Jesse. He's like, he's Which staying is by. wild. Yeah. Like, she just threw him under the bus and he won't say a word against that, her. Excuse me? The I look know. on his face. Oh, my God. Like, a <laughs> piano just fell on him. So now we meet Jared's lawyer, who's trying to help both Jared and Jesse. He wants to get Jesse's police interview thrown out. And this is where we get new information we did not know up until now. Yes. That at the beginning of her police interview, before she says anything, she says, I don't want to talk. I want a lawyer. I mean, we all know this. At that point, the cops have to shut everything down and they send everybody home. But you might remember after that, her friend convinced Jesse to go speak to the military police on base. Jesse Gosselin spent eight hours with the police. After that very day, she said she wasn't going to talk without a lawyer. So it was just a different police agency. Bryant argued in front of a circuit judge. Since Jesse had already asked for a lawyer, the military police should never have questioned her. But then, for whatever reason, Jesse and Kay, the neighbor, yeah. go to the military police and tell the drug dealer story. So what's so confusing about this is that, like, I guess because she asked for a lawyer when she was with the local cops... And they shut it down. The local cops were supposed to call the military police and be like, oh, if this girl shows up for an interview. Voluntarily. Voluntarily, which she did. Which she did. She wasn't asked to come down. She went down voluntarily. You can't talk to her because she asked for a lawyer. And that so, seems like a crazy expectation. Yeah, the defense lawyer is saying that Jesse saying, I don't want to talk, I want a lawyer, should also just, like, even though these two, it's two different jurisdictions or two different And they, like, the cops don't know each other. Like, w- there's no reason why the military police would know that she asked for a lawyer. Well, guess what? The judge agrees with them anyway. So the judge agrees, which blows my mind. Like, did they know that Jesse was going to go to the military cops or did the military cops not call the local PD and say, did you talk to her? Like, how do they even know? Like, what I is going on? I think the 
this is just extraordinary good luck for Jesse. Yeah. That not only that, like that, the judge fell for it, but that there was a lawyer who even thought to bring it up in the first place, and it worked. Because and it worked. Jesse's statement was thrown out. Vince's family is devastated because Jesse and Jared are like let go on house arrest. They're because wearing ankle bracelets. They're wearing ankle bracelets because this is on appeal. So the DA is appealing. The judge agreeing. Right. So four years go by, and the appeals court finally decides to side with the prosecution. And so now the statement of the drug dealer and everything yeah. she said is going to be allowed in court. But it's been four years yeah. that these murderers have been under, like, at their homes, living the good life on house arrest. Yeah. Four. Why does it take that long? I, I mean, everything that takes forever. Four years is unreasonable. So the prosecutor decides that they're going to go after Jared the hardest because he is the murderer and pulled the trigger nine times. Yeah. Which, again, I feel like no one's talking about enough. And the thing that is so crazy about this is that, like, remember Jared wouldn't speak a word against Jesse? Yeah. We needed her testimony about the reasons why they planned to kill Vincent and the way that they planned it out. So the prosecutor made an offer. If Jesse pleaded guilty to complicity to murder and would testify against Jared, she would recommend a sentence of 22 and a half years behind bars. She agreed to this plea deal. She goes for it 100%. Totally. And so like... Jesse pleads guilty to complicity to murder and she testifies against Jared. And in exchange, they would recommend 22 and a half years in prison. And so with time served, she'd maybe do like 14. So like, that's fine. But like in this time, they change prosecutors. Yeah. And the new prosecutor is like, no, 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 no. Why did you make that sweet deal for Jesse? She's the mastermind right. here. She's the one that we should be going after the hardest. And so like, because they can't go after her any harder than the original prosecutor did, they just decide to give Jared like a lighter sentence. Right. So this guy offers Jared 30 years for pleading guilty for first degree murder. And this new prosecutor is like, yeah, not nearly enough time. I'm like, girl, you made the deal. That's the deal you made. You're and you- sitting here complaining about like, what a shame. And I'm like, did I- you not, am I missing something here? Because he's like, it doesn't make any sense. He thinks that Jesse's the one they should be going after, but they can't go after her because she already made her deal. Right. So instead of just nailing Jared and getting him the life sentence, they're like, let's just go easy on him because he wasn't like the worst in the worst in this situation. Yeah. And so it ends with everyone being, like, unhappy and devastated. But I Googled to see where they were. Oh, my God. And I found their, like, inmate (gasps) thing on the Kentucky Department of Corrections or whatever. Oh, my God. So tell me everything. So here's with dummy number one, Jesse. She, institution start date, she went in May 23rd, 2018. The expected time to serve, she'll get out expectedly in 2032. And her, she's eligible for parole in 2031. Oh, my but God. But she can only stay for as late as 2034. So with Jared, active inmate, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> also, Jesse's smiling in her photo. I know. I, I know. I, she we has went a over shit-eating this. grin on her face, and I don't like it. We went over this in the Durst, li- in the Jinx yes. live show, where there's, like, pictures of him and his friends in jail, and they're Posing, all smiling. Like, <laughs> like, what? What is going on? So what's the story with Jared? So his expected time to serve is... 2039 so he got more time than her the maximum expiration date maximum expiration date (laughs) is 2042 but he'll he could be out by as early as 2032 wow holy shit but that was like it was the easiest google i ever had for like where's this inmate now it really just it just popped i didn't have to search them Uh like the page came up wow so kentucky's doing that 
I guess. Very and easy to search. My question is like, what happened to the kids? Like, who's raising the children? I mean, I hope not to like voice this on Janet, but like, she seems like it seemed that Vince had good people in his life yes. and people who loved him and like good family and friends. So I hope that that's what happened. Ugh. But shit, it makes me so crazy. The four hundred fifty grand that you didn't even get was it worth it, Jesse? Was it? You know, like now you're doing this forever. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Oh, my God, girl. We did Dayline. What's it called? It's called Evil Was Waiting. Oh, my God. It, sh- it sure was. It sure was. And the next episode, very highly requested. This is a Joshi Mank oh. classic, The Favorite Son. Okay. Season 26, Ep 11. Before that, fam, join us on the Patreon. Over 450 full ad-free episodes to download a binge right this second. Yeah. Going on a car trip? Going on a plane trip? Yeah. Download the shit out of True Crime Obsessed Train trip, Patreon. doing some laundry, doing your dishes, walking the dog, just hanging out by just yourself. Hanging out. Whatever. Join the Facebook group. It's a True Crime Obsessed podcast discussion group. Over like 52, 53,000 people in there. Yeah. Just hanging out. It's such a great place to go for talking about the episodes, to yeah. make new friends, find out what's going on. It's where we talk about our live shows. It's 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 where it's at. Yeah, and sometimes like when we ask for questions for like other after party stuff, yeah. like we post them in that group. It's too, right so there. And we're, you and I are in there all the time. We're in there, yeah. Yeah. Alright fam, we love you. Alright, we love you so much. I hope you're enjoying these bonus episodes. We're yeah. having fun making them for you. It's ya. such a wonderful time of year. It is. So enjoy it. Alright, bye. Okay, bye. It was nearly two in the morning. Terrified residents of the beefy complex were ducking behind their windows and calling 911 to report shots fired. Corporal Kelly Richards was among the first on the scene. Gunshot wound to the cheek. She was dressed very nice. I knew who this person was. Richards realized she'd spoken with this woman a few weeks earlier, right here at the Paladin Club condos. The woman was Olga Connell. And one of my fellow officers let me know, we have a a second body. She leaned over and took a closer look. Olga's husband. The couple had been murdered together in a hail of bullets right in front of their home. How many shots fired? Close to 25 shots, two different types of ammunition. Two shooters, a team of assassins. That's the backdrop for what came next. She felt sick. She's like, oh no, the, the app sampler. Like, right. the app sampler. We've fine. all kind of been there. You know what I mean? Like, the app samplers are great going down, but then, you know what I mean? I guess, but like, Be worth every minute. Be close worth to home. Worth everybody. <laughs> <laughs> 